Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Craig. Craig. It's been eight months without you football. But this coming Saturday, we'll see the Cougs play again. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> I want more. Give me more of that song. Nope, I don't know any more of that song. That's all you so know? <laughs> that's all I know. That's all, that's all the lyrics you wrote. Yeah, I think there's a... Well, that's definitely the case, but I, I don't think I know another part of that song. <laughs> Craig, 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 it's football week. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Where's, my God. We're recording on a Sunday. We're Sunday, so it is Sunday. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and this—that's going to be. By the way, should we tell the listeners what our what our sort of our tentative plan is heading into the season? First, let me let me tell the listeners that they are listening to podcast versus everyone, part of the Coog Center Podcast Network. I'm Craig Powers, your host, and my co-host is Jeff Newser. Yep, that's me. Yeah, like we it's we actually got the name of the show right up. We're we're getting good at this now. Like we if we, we were if we were being super professional, we'd also tell them, you know, review the show, subscribe to the show, all that good stuff. Yeah, review and subscribe right now before you get too deep into That's it. That's right, before you forget. And yeah, you get our you, podcast, you get the Coog Center hour. And and if you only ever listen to this on Coog Center, there's little links below. Just like click on one of those with your like when you're on your phone. And then subscribe to the podcast with whatever, you know, the app is in your phone. If you have an iPhone, there's really no excuse. Like, the app is pre-built in. And then you can listen to, you know, other college football podcasts. We can recommend some of those somewhere down the line, too. But all that's really important is us and Michael with the Cougar Center Hour. And I would also recommend the Cougar Football Saturday cast. And, and the, the Coog Talk. Yeah, Coog Talk with the Wazoo football blog guys. So, yeah, recommend all those. But, yeah, so but you can get two of those, the Coog Center Hour and this one, by subscribing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's our sales pitch. And if you already subscribed, rate us, give us five stars so that more of your Coog friends can find us. Or do the old-fashioned thing and tell your friends to and listen tell them, to yeah, it. Yeah, just tell them. That'd yeah. be good. But yeah, so uh, we part of our uh, professionalism is doing that up top, not at the end when you've all turned us off already. Um, <laughs> I did find out this week that there are people who listen all the way to the end. Yeah, that's impressive. That was pretty proud cool. Of them. Yeah, I thought so. So uh, yeah, um, if you have been listening to us all along, we started this thing in February, I want to say. So it's been it's hard a while. To be- <laughs> it's hard yeah. to believe it's been that long, by the way. Yeah, but this is our first football season with it. So. First football! Yeah. Ah, I'm so excited. But yeah, because we're so excited, uh, we're going to have our regular show, which will be this show, which will be um, typically be a reaction show to the uh, most recent game. Um, and I'll be our, our typical long show, and, and uh, uh, that'll pop, pop every uh, Monday um, is what we'll be shooting for. Um, and then we'll also uh, be doing a quicker uh, uh, preview only show um, on um, that'll be dropping on Fridays. So that'll be a shorter podcast. We'll be only covering the game, no beer, no other nonsense, just a game preview. Um, so uh, you can look forward to that. 
Um, well, but yeah. we can't promise there won't be nonsense. Well, there will be always be I nonsense. I mean, there will probably be nonsense. But, yeah, we'll, it's, in case you missed that, just so we're clear, we are going to have two episodes a week during football season. On top of that, we'll, we also have, uh, in the middle of the week, typically on Wednesday, you'll get the Coog Center Hour from Michael Preston. Yep. So, um, you basically can just, uh, on your drive all week, just be listening to Coog Center voices. Yeah. I mean, what else do you really need? Uh, there's nothing else, not in the entire no, world. Not in the entire world. No. That will satisfy, we alone will satisfy all of your needs. Yeah. Well, I, I do have to admit that, um, Coog Center alone still leaves a hole in my life. And I do like to fill that hole with beer. <laughs> um, there's there's no hole in your life that can't be filled with beer That's yeah especially sure. with how much beer i have in the cellar i can fill a lot of holes also um, true but yeah jeff uh what are you having on this fine sunday afternoon well as i sometimes do i am actually not having anything at the moment because i do have to take my children somewhere uh after this and when i when i drink i like to you know have have a beer or two or more than two. Uh, but I will say this. So uh, just recently got back from camping. We went camping for a few days for the the second time in a couple of weeks as, we're, as I'm winding down my summer. I got to go back to work on Tuesday, which I know I'm not going to get any sympathy from anybody. But um, that's that's sort of where, where I'm heading right now. So we got out of town uh, one last time. We went to Lake Wenatchee. And uh, while I was there, I had uh, an outstanding uh, IPA from uh, Fort George Brewery, which is uh, their most recent three-way IPA, which is always a uh, collaboration beer. And it was the uh, the Citra version done with uh, Cloudburst Brewing and Ruse Brewing. So uh, one Seattle brewery and a couple of Oregon breweries. And uh, it was totally awesome. And I would absolutely recommend it uh, to anybody who, uh, who likes just a you know a nice IPA, you can find them in pints. And in fact, I think I'm going to drive back down to Rainier Growlers and buy more of them. Did if you, there's any did left. Did you flip over the can? I I like flip it upside down. Yeah. Did you see what it said on the bottom? Uh, I don't think I did. So there's different versions of that beer that that they use a, a primary hop in each one. So you right. if you flipped on the bottom, you'd see the. The primary hop version. I was pretty sure that I figured out that it was the Citra, but maybe, maybe I didn't. I don't know. It tasted like Citra hops. Uh, you there? I'm going to go ahead and say there's no way that you could figure out that it tastes like. Oh Citra come hops. on! No, my nope. palate is that refined. Nope. No, I no don't. Way. Know. Like Not I just, a I looked at the ABV on the different versions, and this was one that matched. So that's uh, okay. That's yeah. how I figured. So it. yeah, with that that one. Diff- <laughs> what are you talking about, Craig? So yeah, that that beer is a yearly summertime collaboration. They do they always do it with one Washington brewery and one Oregon brewery, and then obviously Fort George is where the beer is brewed. Yep. Um, yeah, and like you said, this year's Cloudburst and Ruse, and this year's different in that they they're doing these different versions. Typically, they've just made the same beer over and over again. Um, they they roll this thing out. They do beta versions all like spring that you can get at different places, and you know you can always get at the brewery. Um, last year it was, uh, Holy Mountain and Modern Times, which has a brewery in Portland. That's why they counted. Uh, that one was, uh, definitely probably one of my favorites. Um, this one, I, I've had a couple versions of this one. Yeah. Very good this year. Um, probably a little letter, less hazy than in, in, than last year. So it's pretty interesting. Well, I will, I will go back to Rainer Growlers and I will verify which version I had if they have any left. Yeah. 
Well, they might have a different version by the time you get there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. I'll probably drink that one, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, you're drinking uh, Hazy IPA, and uh, I and, and we had a lost episode, um, which uh, people who have been following along for at least the last couple months would have heard. Um, we, we recorded almost an entire episode that was just completely lost to the internet. Um, in that episode, I drank a Treehouse Brewing beer. Um, Treehouse is out of Massachusetts. I was really excited to get a can from a friend, and I, and I wanted to highlight them because uh, we talk about, I know, Jeff, you love the hazy IPAs, and we talk about hazy IPAs quite a bit. Yep. And uh, Treehouse is kind of one of the OGs of the haze. Kind of they popularized it. They're, they're a big reason why it's called um, New England style IPA. Um, that's the real kind of term for a hazy IPA is New England style IPA. Um, so what they, they came about in uh, 2013, 2012, around there. Um, they weren't the first to brew these sort of hazy IPAs. Like Hetty Topper is sort of hazy. And I know they were trying to kind of emulate that in a way. Um, uh, Hill Farmstead had been brewing hazy-ish IPAs. And so, but then Treehouse kind of hit and they were doing this in cans, like Hetty Topper, they were doing the 60 ounce cans. And they're just, they, they hit the market with these, uh, with two, their two sort of flagship IPAs are Julius and Green. Um, the one I previewed, the, the one I talked about in the last podcast was Julius. Uh, but the one I have this time is actually Julius and Green. You, you usually say Team Julius or Team Green, which one you like better. Um, Green is actually the one I, I like better, and I've got a can of this one now. I'll have to say it is um, the reason I got some of this treehouse. I had a friend that went out to Massachusetts recently. Um, uh, her name is Gingy. Um, I'm calling out her name because last time I had mentioned uh, a previous podcast, I had mentioned that she had picked up um, some beer for me from Skookum. Um, but I, uh, I I said that my buddy, he picked up some beer for me and I just kind of slip of the tongue and I felt really bad. So um, thank you, Gingy, for bringing back some Treehouse uh, this time so I, I can um, feature that here. But yeah, this is great, man. It's like the, it's hazy, hazy, uh, kind of uh, these Treehouse ones are a lot of what the breweries are trying to hit the style on. Um, they, they typically, they, they're the kind of these low bitterness, like they, they have almost no bitterness sometimes. The green definitely has a little bit more. Um, Galaxy Hop is the primary um, hop IPA on this one. Um, you'll get a lot of pineapple from Galaxy trip typically, and this one definitely hits on that. Um, it definitely has a little more dank kind of uh, like uh, dank notes to it. Um, that's, you know, like marijuana type notes is when you say dank. Um, <laughs> that, then, How then dare Julie, you? Yeah. Then Julius, it's which a family is, show. I, Sorry, I couldn't help. No, myself. it's not. It has explicit. That's on true. It. We did. This is not a fucking family we do, show. Jeff. We do. You know, we do swear <laughs> occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we swear. We talk about pot. We're just, you know, whatever. <laughs> we call it pot because we're old, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but but cannabis. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, this compared. Can to I interrupt Julius, you again one more time? No, yeah, yeah, okay. just yeah, shut the fuck up, Jeff. <laughs> All right. um, uh, but uh, Julius is kind of like more; it lives up to his name. It's got an orange can. It's called Julius, and it, and it has a bit of a. Um, uh, it's definitely got an orangey, and it's very light. This one's a little 
heavier hitting on the palate, and I, and I dig it. But yeah, Treehouse is awesome. Uh, they, they've expanded their production. You can find a lot more of their beer. Not find it anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. But you can go to their brewery and actually buy quite a bit. Um, when I visited there a couple years ago, they were still small. Um, there was a limit of eight cans of one beer. And you could get a, a 375 milliliter growler. You had a choice of a couple other beers. And you could get one of them. So it was a pretty limited, but now you can go there and buy cases and cases of beer like, and, and, and go away with all you want. So I definitely, if you're ever in uh, Massachusetts, they're uh, out in, like, um, they call it Western Massachusetts, uh, that, which is pretty much to, uh, to people from Boston, anything west of Boston in Massachusetts. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, definitely check them out. They're, they're definitely kind of one of the OGs of Hayes um, and worth, worth a try if you can never get your hands on a can um so thanks gingy for uh bringing me lots of cans thanks gingy yeah yeah so that's beer this one's pretty damn good i guess i said that yeah i always like it when they're pretty damn good that's yeah. always nice yeah, 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 yeah it's it's always way worse if it's no damn good that's for sure no not not in even a single damn of good no. that's I've, I've had beers like that before <laughs> yeah i try not to do that yeah, but sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it, you, just, it you can't predict. You it's can't true. predict. That is true. All right, man. So it's 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 nearly football season. Almost. We did get the first two games of the weekend last weekend or yesterday. I guess it was yesterday. Well, it's nearly our football season. That is true. Yeah. But yeah, we saw last night. We saw or yeah. Well, as of recording this, yeah. Uh, nice game between Miami and Florida. Yeah, nice, that was. Nice. Crazy. Typical, you know, crazy turnover-filled uh, disaster. Ugly, yeah, ugly early season matchup, man. Yeah, yeah, week zero, baby. And then, uh, did you see the end of the Hawaii Arizona game? Of course. Oh my god, can you believe? Can you believe? Okay, so I don't know how many of our listeners have seen it, so I'm going to kind of try to describe it before we get into our own football season. Just a little, a little digression, but. Why didn't he just follow the blocking wide receiver into the end zone? Yeah, I don't know why he cut back. I have no idea why he cut. I mean, it's a tiny bit off the screen. So, I don't know. Maybe he saw something that I couldn't totally see. But, anyway. So, we're talking about Khalil Tate, the uh, quarterback of Arizona. Uh, basically, the final play of the game. They down a touchdown. Him. Down a touchdown. They had the ball about the 35. Yep. And um, he rolled out right. That He had a lot of green in front of him. Instead of trying to throw it in, he just tried to decide to run. Right, it's one of those like, no, what's he do? Oh, oh wait. Oh, he might make it. He <laughs> might make it. But I think he could have if he just stayed outside. Um, I think he had the corner. Um, but he uh, he decided to cut it back. And this amazing effort by uh, a defensive lineman. defensive lineman. Who a had tackle, missed, a defensive tackle. Not like some tackle. speedy end, like a tackle. Yeah. Who, who had and this is a Hawaii defensive tackle. So right, it's a big dude, um, and he he missed the missed him missed the sack yep. at the start. Over pursued on the just, on the pass rush, but kind of read his. I think he he read what Tate was going to do, and yeah. he and he was there right when he got back. Chugged he right his there. ass forty yards downfield yep. and tackled him on the one yard line to end the game. Spectacular, I loved it. Anyway, and pack, so now and we're pack, gonna, and, and the and the Pac-12 starts off yeah, 0 one in non-conference play. Very Pac-12 <laughs> result, right? You got to yeah. go to Hawaii and you know get uh, you know get beat by Hawaii. 
Which, yeah, you know, when it's the the only game on in the entire yeah, country. Yeah, good, the good news is like even fewer people get CBS Sports Network than get the Pac-12 Network. So I don't know how yeah. many people actually saw yeah. it anyway. What's that? So yeah, you you have a week zero game, and it's on this like deep cable channel. Yeah, that's like, that's because I, I the game was at Hawaii. That's, yeah, that's the and uh, they had right the, the Mountain West yeah, had rights to it. The and Mountain they have West. A, yep, they have a deal with. Uh, CBS Sports, because that's why our last year, um, uh, WSU's game against Wyoming was on CBS Sports. Yep, and then, uh, I don't know, once upon a time, I'm pretty sure that game against SMU that Mike Leach called, I think that was on CBS Sports way back when, too. Yep, I, be- I believe you are yeah. right. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so, yeah, CBS Sports has that deal, and they were probably hoping to do a Week Zero game, and they'll get lots of... But, yeah, the... I don't know if anyone was upgrading their cable package to get CBS Sports. <laughs> I know, I know when the uh, the uh, when uh, WC played Wyoming last year, there was some um, kind of online uh, provider that I could do a one week trial with and get, yeah. and get get and get the game that way. But I do actually have it now. We've upgraded our package so that uh, B can watch Disney Junior. Oh, um, so now that's very I important. Ha- because I upgraded to that, I have like all the sports channels now. I have CBS Sports and all that good yeah. stuff. Oh, toodles! Oh, toodles! <laughs> you know, in, in, in Sesame Street, Elmo has a he calls for a smartphone and he goes, "Oh, smarty!" So like, no one has no any good way. ideas. Yeah, that's hilarious. But B loves oh toodles, <laughs> oh toodles, oh toodles, oh toodles. That's how right. she says it. That's right. But yep. Yeah, so she's probably hearing me say it in the yeah. other room, and she's probably like, what, what? All right, Mickey, so back, back to the Cougar anyways, football. Back to the Cougar okay, football. Okay, so Cougar football. This is our 2019 season preview. Hell um, yeah, it is. Jeff, you had, a, you had a good idea for how we're going to do this, so I want to let you explain it. All right, so here's my brilliant idea. Uh, okay, so you and I are pretty nerdy. Yes, we agree on this. Yes. Pretty nerdy. Uh, as we, you know, those of you who have been listening to us from the very beginning or reading Coog Center for a long time know this. Uh, you know, we prefer things that are quantifiable and measurable. Um, when people go through these season previews, typically what they do is they go, they just go through game by game and they go win, loss, right? And that's fine. That's one good way to do it. Um, another way to do it is the way that a uh, someone working in the realm of probability would do it, which is this. So you would um, assign a percentage of likelihood to a particular event. Um, and if you have a series of events, all you basically do to determine how many times you expect that event to happen is add up all the probabilities. And so um, if you think about it this way, a 100 percent uh, of a win is one win, right? Uh, so in order to think, okay, I'm, I'm predicting eight wins for a season, you would need to take all the percentages and they would need to exceed 800%. Okay. Cause not, some games are a hundred percent, right? So when we get into this, I, I imagine both of us are going to be in the hundred percent area for Northern Colorado, but other games are smaller percentages. Like for example, 0% for the apple cup or something in between for one of the other games. So what we're going to do is we are going to assign our percentage of confidence in the probability that uh, the Cougars will win each game, add up our percentages at the end, and kind of see where that comes up with a with a total win count, and then maybe talk a little bit about whether we think that's in the ballpark of where where this team will end up. 
Sounds fun, man. Who, who, I, I love, you know, we're, we're, we're taking this nerdy concept and then assigning arbitrary likelihoods. Hell yeah, we are. We're going to be arbitrary and precise at the same time. Arbitrarily precise. Arbitrarily precise. That's, that should be our new, <laughs> that should be the new tagline for the podcast. Arbitrarily precise. Arbitrarily precise. <laughs> All right, we t- you 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 can buy that t-shirt uh, oh, coming on, on there Monday. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. T-shirt time. Got yeah, we got to get more taglines so we can sell merch. We do. Yeah, that's All what right. it is. All right, so game 1. Game 1 New Mexico State. Yeah. You want to start? Or you want me to start? So, um we'll just kind of we'll we'll talk about what the team is and whatever. So, uh, New Mexico State. They uh, suck. They suck. Uh, they took a serious dive. They were already bad, but they took a serious dive last year into even worse. Uh, they are an independent team. We'll talk about this more on Friday too. But this, they're they're an independent FBS team because they got left out when the WAC folded, and then they got kicked out of the Sun Belt like Idaho. Except instead of going to because of their association with the WAC, um, they don't really have a, a place for their football team to go. So they just decide screw it. Uh, let's be an independent FBS. So, uh, New Mexico has quite a weird schedule. Um, they go to Alabama after they play WSU. Uh, they play Ole Miss. Uh, they play Liberty twice, who is another independent. So, uh, they have a pretty, uh, quirky schedule. Um, they aren't good. Uh, they have an especially bad defense. They have probably a decent, uh, Offense like probably better than you would expect. Um, they uh, just overall not a good program. Historically, they have been to a total of four bowl games in their history. Have not lost a bowl game. Well, that's three zero oh and one. That's... Three wins, one tie. I am that's duly it. impressed. Yeah, so uh, I think their last bowl game was a. Uh, 2013 or something so with their current coach doug something i can't <laughs> <laughs> i was just talking doug, doug martin what's, doug, what's doug his martin name? doug martin who has a just awful yeah. record 20 and 53 i believe um at uh he is at new mexico state oh, no he did no he coached at kent state for a bit as yes. well um, so at at that at New Mexico State, he is twenty and fifty three, I believe, and he was twenty nine and fifty three at Kent State. So he has um, a track record of not winning games. Um, <laughs> that's that's the best kind of track record, really. <laughs> so. I know WSU, so normally if this was a second game, I'd be 100. I'd keep it 100 all the way. But because of uh, the trauma of 2016 and 2015 and 2014 and 2013 and 2012 is all in my head still, um, I'll have to dock it 10%, although 90%. Wow. That's a pretty large number. Yeah, well, they're really bad. I, no, I mean the other way. Like ten percent's a lot. Hey, man, trauma has a major effect on the. I human guess it mind. does. Like I, yeah. I, so I took a little bit off too. I, but I only took it down to like ninety-eight percent, and that has again, same thing you said, has to do with the fact it's you know it's week one, 
Uh, weird shit can happen. We've got a brand new starting quarterback. I mean, look, we've already talked about, we talked last week about how we feel good about him. We're confident, but you know, I mean, weird things happen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there could be a freak, you know, like lightning storm or something that fouls up everything. I don't know. But uh, I, I, 2% is about, is the most I'm willing to go. So I, I get, I give us a 98 percent of uh percent chance of winning 98 times out of 100 i think we win this game all right are you are you writing these down or do i, have I am to write I, i'm down? writing them down i'm putting them in a spreadsheet oh, so that man. the math will be correct in the end oh yes okay trusting the robots hell yeah i do all right game number two we have northern colorado 100 percent one of the worst fcs teams or possibly the worst F one of the worst fcs probably swack excluded Swack and uh, some of the other uh, conferences but uh, that don't participate in the playoffs. But Northern Colorado, definitely one of the worst FCS teams. This is not Eastern Washington. This is not Portland State. This is not Montana State coming in. This is uh, this is the New Mexico State of the FCS. So uh, 100% on that one. Right, and it's not game one. You know, like those other yeah. games that we lost, those were game one, weird circumstances. You know, I mean, the... You know, I mean, we all know the Eastern thing with, you know, Shalom Luwani being out and, you know, what. And, and the messing up the signal. Yeah, and then and... Portland State and, and the weather disaster that that was. Plus, they ended up being better than people expected. But again, game one, uh, you know, game two, I, I mean, look, we're, we're going to have some of those kinks worked out in the first game. Uh, Northern Colorado is going to come in there. Th- this might there. be this might be the first time we drop 70. And and it and it will happen in front of roughly fifteen thousand people in, in, yeah. in Martin Stadium. Yeah, and that that would be the only maybe downside or the only thing that would give me just a, like the tiniest bit of pause would be the idea that you know Martin Stadium is going to be kind of lifeless and whatever. Yeah, when you when you have back to back games of that low caliber, like in back to back weekends, a lot of people are just not going to want to do that. But so. it is a two o'clock start. And Which is it's not a holiday weekend, so there should be at least a good number of students there. Well, and I, and I would hope that um, well that that's another point on New Mexico State Labor uh, Day weekend. St- Labor Day weekend students, you know, they've been in school all of a week and they I have know. to leave. Very homesick um, after those seven days. Yeah, but uh, I guess it's two weeks this time. I don't I know because I think they started last. That Monday, is that so. is true. So two weeks, two weeks of school. Well, yeah. very homesick, very homesick. And why would you want to enjoy a three day weekend in, in a Pullman. town full of 21 year olds? I don't know. I don't know. I, that seems that's just that, that just doesn't sound fun at all. No. Yeah. But yeah, so the, I'm expecting, a, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that just the success of the football team, and particularly last year, will will finally. Well, you, you saw it last year. The students were starting to show up more and more. You, you, you know, they showed up earlier. They, they've been coming earlier and earlier. I'm hoping that will have an impact. And, and, and at least, like, all of the leftover students who didn't leave for Labor Day will be there. And then I'm hoping the same for Northern Colorado. I'm hoping people are just hyped to go to I'm, I'm, I'm thinking going to a football game is fun and cool again. So I'm, I'm hoping it is. Um, I'm, I'm more worried about both of these games, like the the alums kind of picking a game to go to and you know and yeah. or even a season ticket because you know a lot of season ticket holders are not going to go to sure both of them i'm i'm, I'm planning to go to both uh, um but uh but yeah I, um uh yeah but 2 p.m start it's kind of 
a lot of Spokane people can make it there and back really easy for that. Yeah. Uh, probably Tri-Cities as well. Yeah. So hopefully Lots that, of people get... should be able to make that. So, you know, unless you're coming from Western Washington, it should be pretty easy to go to that one. So, Well, you could technically, at 2 p.m. start, you could do the gauntlet from Western Washington. You could get I up mean, early. I mean, you could. <laughs> I would not want to. <laughs> that would not be the way I would want to spend my Cougar football Saturday, but that's all right. Hey. If you want to go to the game or not, but uh, yeah, no, but, probably not. But that, that, that is the interesting thing about you know going to Pullman now. You kind of expect to. Uh, it's not like going to a Seahawks game or something where you go to the game and then you go home afterwards. Like, or even probably what you Dev fans have with the Washington games. Like they, they, like in Pullman, you kind of expect a certain thing. You expect a tailgate. You expect to. You expect to. Um, you know, stay the night. All that stuff. So you you expect to be drunk and like you know yeah like so, but you can't do that if you're driving there and back. And so obviously we have this different expectation. Um, so but hopefully you know some some enough fans will come. But yeah, anyways, who cares? No one's going to be there. Still 100. <laughs> percent Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically bottom line. Bottom line. It's if you want to show up and watch uh, watch a team drop 70, then then you'll show up. So 100. percent Yeah. All right. Now we're now. Now, something less than 100%. Yeah, so now we're getting to where it's tricky uh, playing all legit football teams from here on out. Houston is not a Power 5 team, but they desperately want to be. That is true. Um, they, they're they probably one of the closest things in a non-Power, in a group of five conference to a Power 5 school. Um, they have a very uh, good history, uh, recent history, um, they have a Mike Leach disciple who has a good history and Dana Holgerson as the coach. Um, they have a very good quarterback um, uh, who spells his name. It's Derek, but it's spelled uh, D apostrophe E R I Q, right? You're right. Something like that. Yes. Derek King, yes. um, who had 50 total touchdowns last year. So That's a lot. Um, yeah, 36 passing, 14 rushing. So definitely um, that's going to be a, a, a tough challenge for the defense, uh, especially given the losses they've had in the secondary. Um, thankfully, they'll have had two games to get into shape before this, but this is going to be like nothing they've seen. Um, this will be a better offense than they'll see in most of the Pac, Pac-12. So, um, uh, and a better talent at quarterback than they'll see in most of the Pac-12. So, um, it, it'll, it'll definitely be a tough matchup for the defense. However, Houston has what we would will ex- we expect to be a pretty bad defense, and uh, this we we've seen WSU quarterbacks. Uh, going back to you know a lot of them, like uh, even Connor Holiday, Luke Falk, and Gardner Minshew even last year, kind of they really hit their stride after a couple games, um, and we we see like better performances um, because even like Minshew did well against Wyoming, but his yards per attempt wasn't very good and, and all that stuff, and, and you kind of were like, oh well, this isn't much of a uh, not, like you, you you expect a guy to throw over three hundred yards in air rate, of course, but but now, but Minshew by the third game, the fourth game was really rolling. Uh, Falk was always that same way. He always started out the seasons really slow. Um, so uh, I, I expect, though, that Gordon will be kind of more in tune by then. And, and, and I think we're going to drop um, quite a few puntos on them, maybe drop 50 in this game. 
Um, but uh, that defense does worry me. It does. Um, so I'm actually just going 60% on this one. Yeah, this reminds me a little bit of maybe the Arizona game last year in Pullman in the sense that, um, you know. It, oh, so it's going to be a 69 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to score 69 points. Um, but, but, you know, I think even, um, you know, if we're honest and I watched, I watched some highlights of that game again last week, just marveling at the craziness of it all, but Arizona was really should have scored more points. Uh, you know, they right. had a turnover, they had, you know, the, the kick kickoff debacle, you know I mean? All that, but you know, the reality was that you know, you obviously can't win the game if the other team is scoring on like every possession. And that's sort of what I imagine in this game happening is the idea that, yeah, I mean, Houston can score some points and it'll probably feel a little bit like uh, like a back and forth affair early on. Uh, but I, I imagine a situation where it's like, you know, we're scoring, you know, a couple touchdowns every quarter, maybe three. And, you know, Houston just maybe can't quite keep up with that pace. And, you know, so in the end, uh, it, it feels early on kind of like a slugfest. But then by the end, it's a two or three touchdown margin and things are pretty comfortable. So I'm going to go ahead and give us a 70 percent chance to win this game. 30 um, percent owing to the possibility that the defense is just total trash and um, really can't stop anybody at all. And there's some turnovers and things like that. But um, I really do feel like a little bit too much respect is being given to uh, Houston on this one. Yeah, they, they do have an explosive quarterback. But well, I point out the, the Friday, the Friday, the Friday game thing is real. That's worries true. me a yeah, bit as well. That's true. But again, coming I am off glad of, it's not playing on campus. Yes. So. And coming off of a couple of uh, what should be fairly easy victories, um, you know, that that should if, if like you said, if this was on campus and you're playing the game outdoors in the humidity of Houston and all of that kind of stuff, then, yeah, that that may uh, present a different kind of problem. But uh, playing in a, an NFL stadium, air conditioned, perfect passing, uh, you know, atmosphere. Um, I just feel like it's, you know, that, that Houston will probably make it feel close. But in the end, it'll probably be a double digit victory. Yeah, um, I, should, I should point out that uh, Houston starts the season at Oklahoma, so yeah, um, they they do not get a soft landing like WSU. No, yeah. no, they do not. I mean, even if you look at their non-conference schedule, they go Houston. They have an FCS team, and then and then they have another ranked team in WSU coming to visit them. And it's a pretty tough schedule, but then you uh, get Tulane in North yeah. Texas after that. And so. also <laughs> worth noting that um, you know this is this is the closest thing to our offense that we're going to face. Mm-hmm. Um, all year, and so the defense, which consistently practices against us, um, you know, obviously Holgerson does not run the the full meal deal, quote unquote, pure air raid. Um, a lot more running concepts mixed in, right. but but you're still going to see many of the same passing concepts, and so um, in theory, maybe the defense is a little more ready for for what's going to come at them. So, all right, well, you've almost talked me up, but I'll stick with my sixty. I've already lost half a game. I already lost half a game. Like just, just like, man, well, you, you round up anyway. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So let's move on. Uh, Pac-12 this, play. So I'm super stoked for this game. If you go on the football schedule, they say there's 75 tickets left for it. So obviously a lot 
of fans or so. I, I just I'm stoked because I know that this is the game that a lot of WSU fans have circled to go to Pullman. Yeah. For. Um, and and WSU kind of knew that they they made it the all anthracite weekend because we don't really have, you know, we don't have the obvious sort of like big game coming up like USC when they first did it and then the game day game they obviously brought out for that but so like let's just get the all answer side out of the way UCLA is a big deal for the players a lot of our players are SoCal guys that did not get offers from UCLA so um, they love playing these SoCal schools Um, I know we had talked a couple weeks ago how this being the one that I probably am worried about a little bit more than I should be um, as we get closer to the season, I've backed off on that a little bit. Um, I, I, I think UCLA is definitely going to be improved from last year, Chip Kelly's second season. Um, he's a good college football coach, and I fully expect them to be a good team eventually. I, I think they'll be on their way to that this season, probably. Uh, even, you know, a bowl team, at least, I think, this year. And But... But uh, I, I, I'm still kind of, I still think this is, with the crowd is going to be hyped, and, and um, I think WSU's players are going to be hyped, and you get that extra day uh, coming off of Houston, you get that extra day of rest, and um, probably going to be a late night game. I'm going to say it's probably going to be like a 7.30 game. Um, so people will be hyped, uh, people will be juiced and sauced up, and um, I'm actually going uh 80% WSU for this one. Wow. Yeah, I told you. I've, I've come I've come around to it. I've gotten hyped for it. Um, and now I, I think I think we're just going to come out hyped up and, and, and get the job done. Yeah, I'm also pretty high on this game. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you, when I watched UCLA last year, and I know that was, you know, first year, Chip Kelly and all that stuff, um, they just didn't look good. And... It's the kind of uh, it's the kind of thing that you look at and go, maybe there's like actually a, like a problem here. Um, and I know you know a lot of it was that they had a lot of guys transfer out and you know whatever you know year zero recruiting class all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it was just the sort like you like I, I think most of us think Chip Kelly and we think really good coach, um, the kind of coach that maybe should turn something around pretty quickly. Um, especially given the fact that, you know, UCLA, and again, I know there were defections, but Jim Mora at the very least recruited really well while he was there. Um, in theory, the cupboard should not have been completely bare and for them to play as poorly as they did for as much of the season as they did sort of made me go, "Ah." you know, I don't know if, you know, Chip Kelly's lost a little off the fastball or what. And then of course they had, um, this past recruiting year, didn't have a great, recruiting uh recruiting class so i don't know i mean chip kelly may eventually turn this around but if either a maybe he's not as good of a coach as he was only because you know sometimes the game passes you by a little bit and uh you know that could be it i mean you know the the things he was doing at oregon are no longer revolutionary right and then right you know, there's also the piece that, okay, well, maybe the talent was that bad. Okay, well, if we look at our own program, I mean, it really took four years for that. Now, I understand that we weren't, that UCLA probably didn't crater the way that Paul Wolf did in terms of the talent on the roster. But if the talent level is that low, it may take until year three or so for it to kick in. So, uh, you know, I, I tend to think that it's maybe something more 
along those lines. And uh, so I, I, like you, am actually pretty optimistic about this game. Um, I'm going to give it a 75% chance, a 75% chance. All right. Um, I, I think uh, we're a third of the way through the schedule, but I, I think it's time for us to uh, let our sponsors have a chat yeah, with we'll you. Yeah, take a break. Um, take a break. Oof. All right. Man. Oh. That was exciting. That got me hyped. That was exciting. Oh, oh geez. Mm. You know what else gets me excited? Playing Utah. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the most obnoxious online fan bases this side of Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously they, they kind of have this, you know, they came into uh, the Pac-12 recently and they were uh, a non they weren't in a power conference before so I, th- I think they have a little bit of insecurity about that um last year was their first time they kind of really took a step forward uh they won a, the south which obviously was a bit down um so they, they benefited from that but they still uh, and now they're getting utah is getting so much national love this so year. much national love. i saw i saw a game day that lee corso had them in the national title yeah. game. <laughs> uh, i think even utah fans are okay. like um, okay <laughs> <laughs> sure i mean one utah's uh you know there's their schedule isn't full of gimmies yeah. so i don't um obviously wsu has won i believe the last three yeah. matchups with uh, utah yeah i think that's right. um uh but uh, spread out over more years than that because of the unbalanced schedule um but uh but yeah so um utah uh, the interesting thing about this is if wsu gets clean through the first four and utah gets clean through the first four this is a prime game day uh matchup um with uh if because if you're thinking if both of them get clean it might be like a you know 10 versus 15 type of matchup by then um but utah does have byu to open at byu um a thursday night game uh, this coming thursday and then they have at USC, and you never just you just never know with USC. They could be amazing. Who knows? Um, but if they get through those two, you gotta expect they'll be a, roughly around uh, number ten by the time we head there. Um, that is uh, not a, It's it's definitely a home field advantage. It's at elevation. Uh, they get raucous there for sure. They have great support. Um, they it, it, it's a tough place to play, um, although. Uh, WSU has had um, success there the last couple times, obviously not in Leach's first season, uh, where that was pretty much rock bottom, was at Utah. Um, but uh, but um, in 2014, uh, one of their few wins was a 21-point comeback win. <laughs> and then uh, and then in uh, 20, what was that, 2016 was the last 2017, time they played uh, when, uh, yeah, Mataafa dominated. Turnovers, yeah. Billion turnovers, and they, WSU kind of made it look closer than it should have been at the yep. end. But, but uh, it was really a, what should have been a WSU domination. But yeah, so and then we have a last year's uh, last second or you know last fourth quarter comeback win to uh, beat Utah as well. So um, Utah probably definitely has um, 
this game circled, um, given uh, the nature of that loss, and particularly last year, uh, which, it, had it been played later in the season, would have been a marquee matchup nationally, probably. Um, but uh, because it was early, neither team was ranked, and we, did, we had no idea how important it was. Um, but this year, yeah, Utah, um, they kind of, when they came to Pullman is when they had gotten their offense figured out last year. They were awful early. Uh, but WSU still was pretty successful against them outside of the first, especially once they locked down the second half, they limited them quite a bit. Um, this year, I, I, it's, it's, it's tough to gauge, you know, I, just because it's on the road. Um, I, I, Utah, I know is going to be good. WSU, I know is going to be good. Uh, I, I still think this is going to be a tough one for the Cougs to pull out, even with the history um, I'm going to go uh, probably 40% on this one, 40% confidence level. For me, this, uh, so people who listened a couple weeks ago would know that this was the game where I said I'm probably more confident than I'm supposed to be. And right. um, so you said three-game win streak. It's actually a four-game win streak against All Utah. Right. So we haven't lost Utah since that 2012 game. Uh, we beat them in uh, 2013 and 2014, uh, beat them again in 2017, which you mentioned, and then, of course, last year, which you also mentioned. So um, so we, we have this four-game win streak, and, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, you just have a team's number a little bit, uh, and I think that could be the case here. Now, it also could be the case that it's just dumb luck and, you know, whatever, but um, you know, until I see Utah beat us again, um, I'm not really going to place a whole lot of stock in how good Utah is. Um, and, and there's also an element of, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, I feel like Utah is just sort of perennially overrated that people, um, they, they've got sort of this weird love affair with Kyle Whittingham, uh, as if he's like this amazing coach and, you know, he's a good coach. He's a fine coach. He puts a lot of guys in the NFL, but, you know, they have, I mean, what have they really accomplished? You know, yay. They played in the PAC 12 championship last year. I mean, congratulations for winning the South. Like, <laughs> I mean, WSU would have won the South if WSU played in the South. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, Oregon might've won the South if they had played in the South. I mean, it's just, you know, right. whatever. So anyway, it's, I, I, you know, I just am, I'm having a hard time getting on the Utah hype train on this one, uh, you know, just again, for the, for all the reasons I just mentioned. So, you know, I, I do think they're going to be good. Um, you know, they do have a quarterback and a running back who each have been injured at times. Um, you know, so who knows if they, you know, sort of show up unscathed in that game. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and call this one a true coin flip. Uh, I'm going to give it a 50%, uh, call it a 50, 50 game where I, I think it'll be tight. Um, you know, I do reserve the right to come back to this later. Um, if it turns out in those first, you know, four games, we look at our defense. I know, you know, some people are worried about our defense. If we come back and it's like, our defense is, um, you know, then, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll revise that idea. But, but I just, I kind of think, you know, if everything is as I think it is right now, um, you know, I think we've got as good a chance to win that game as, as Utah does. Great. Uh, now we're moving on to uh, a place that has been a uh, historic horror show. Uh, 
for Arizona State, and there's a couple on that on the schedule this year. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, which uh, horror Tem- show are you talking about, Craig? That would be Tem- <laughs> Tempe, oh, Arizona. That That's right, that one. Um, uh, the place where uh, little did we know at the time, but the 1997 national championship hopes died, um, and uh, just uh, an all-around place has been just an awful uh, place. Although the last time WSU was there, they won um, uh, uh, with Luke Falk, and again, I this went. So I guess it would have been 2016. Um, I think that's right. And they were yeah. So yeah, two um, or, yeah. Two years off, yeah. Uh, well, maybe 2017 then. But I, it, but yeah, they they won. That was Robert Taylor won, ran, ran a touchdown back. That might have been 2017 then. Um, but yeah, they. Um, uh, but they they definitely won the last time. But I just remember it was like, it was just crazy that they would win in Arizona State. Yeah. Um, Arizona State's a, a weird program to gauge right now. They got the, this very weird setup um, with Herm Edwards as kind of the CEO coach. Um, they, uh, they, they kind of were a little bit better than people thought they would be last year. Um, this year, I, you know, I just don't know. Uh, uh, there's a lot of temporary horror show. I'm like, uh, I, I'd probably be more confident in this game if, if, you know, the memories of Tempe weren't there. So, um, I'm going, uh, with, uh, 50, 50, uh, against Arizona state. Yeah, we uh, had not before the last time we won a game there before 2016. So let's see, lost in 2014, lost in 2012, lost in 2010, lost in 2008, lost in 2006, lost in 2004. Uh, oh, we won in 2001. So uh, yeah, yes. that was that was very exciting with our 11th ranked team winning by 12 points against Arizona State in 2001. So yeah, so lots of lots and lots of L's against Arizona State uh over the years, particularly since then uh between 2004 and now we've only beaten Arizona State three times. Um so yeah, so this is one that I kind of go, eh, you know, again, I I do think that uh that we're the better team. Um, I do think that they should win, but um, I'm going to go ahead and just give it like a 55%. So just a little more, a little more than the coin flip. By the way, I forgot to write down yours. What did you say yours was again? 50-50. That's right, coin flip. So I think we're both about on the same page there. And again, this is this is one of those that's like like you sort of mentioned, hard to call because second-year coach, it's kind of like UCLA. Uh, you're not really sure what you've got. And I think that people... Uh, we're sort of like, oh, Herm Edwards isn't so bad when they beat Michigan State, and then Michigan State turned, ended up being total trash, and you know it was like whatever. Um, I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of room for feeling like uh, you know maybe Herm Edwards still isn't a very good coach, and um, that would change that. One other factor I would point out also is we will be coming off a bye. In there. So if you just look at the schedule straight on through and you see, oh, back to back road games, Utah, Arizona State, well, there's a buy in between, which in theory should help. So after, right. after you know, five games stretched open the season, a couple of road games, one against Houston, one against Utah, you get a buy before you have to go to Arizona State. Um, that's a really well placed buy, breaking up back to back road games. And that's uh, one of two times that that happens. So um, it's actually with the two buys this season. 
Uh, I think that's a really, really good spot for one, and I think gives us a better chance in the game against ASU than maybe we otherwise would get. Cool. 55, 45 for you, 50, 50 for me. Yeah, so we're halfway uh, through, by the way. You want to know what the totals are at this point? No. No? no. You want to save it till no. the end? Okay, fine. Okay, fine. You, see, you seem really excited All right, so halfway, halfway through, halfway through, uh, I've got us down for 4.5 wins, and you're down for 4.2 wins. Oh, man. So we sort of both are in the ballpark of, like, four wins-ish, maybe five. So, yeah. you know, if we started off four and two, well, let's just say real quick, if we start off four, and, how are you feeling if we're four and two at this point? Uh, it uh, probably depends how it shakes out. Uh, but if I told you right now, I'll give you four wins in the first six games. I'd probably not take it because I think that we could do better. Interesting, interesting. Because I, I, th- I think that five and one is definitely yeah. a strong possibility. Yeah, I mean, I'd go. I, I do think five and one is a strong possibility. I mean, I'm kind of right in between four and five uh, wins, but I'm kind of like. I, yeah, I could easily see four, and I could easily see five. Um, anything yeah. outside of that three would be a massive, massive disappointment. And yep. six, three and three at this point, there's something. Yeah, wrong. and six would be to- three and three at this point. You're probably talking lots of injuries, quarterback problems, things like that. Uh, six and zero oh would be pretty. Like I don't think it's impossible, um, but I think it would be. That would be an Pretty impressive cra- six. It, it would. Given three road wins. Yeah, it would. Especially uh, with having to to go beat Utah. That that would be six and zero oh would be pretty impressive. At they'd, this point, they'd be in the top ten if they were six. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, beating yeah. beating what probably would have been a top ten Utah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so halfway through, we're looking at like four or five wins. And then we come yeah. back home for for back home for homecoming um, for Colorado. Yep. Uh, yeah. So Colorado, man, the new coach. Uh, he doesn't really have any head coaching experience. No, but he's tough, man. He's coming from the SEC. Yeah, he was uh, defensive coordinator for Georgia. Defense. So, so that automatic, automatically means he's good. Yeah. He must be. Of course, they had a defensive-minded coach before this who <laughs> uh, they had a pretty damn good defense a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, uh, and then uh, that kind of didn't, you know, that kind of faded out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, you know, Colorado had five wins last year, but they weren't even that good. I don't, they, they, uh, they, um, it, it was when they, uh, they lost that, uh, game to uh, Oregon State um, that they, uh, they kind of blew their chance at getting to a bowl game because you just saw the rest of their schedule and there was no way they were going to win another game um, but uh, they um, yeah I just don't see them uh, being a whole lot better this year I know people are high on Montez as a quarterback uh, obviously they have uh, Chenault um, uh, but he's a receiver like how much impact can a receiver possibly make uh, they touch the ball you know, or they have the ball coming at them, maybe you know, fifteen times at the most, and they're getting tired if that's happening. Um, I, I, I'm, I have no idea about this coach if he's going to be good, if he's not going to be good, whatever. You know, he's he's always he's been an NFL uh, defensive coordinator, he's been uh, uh, a college defensive coordinator, um, but really, uh, 
he's never, uh, I mean, he's been an interim head coach, but never uh, a full-time head coach. Um, and especially not, he's never run a college program. So, um, you know, it's curious, you know, he could be the next great thing. I just don't see him as a coach that's going to make this immediate impact with a great improvement. Um, so I'm thinking uh, Colorado's not going to be that good again this year. Um, so I'm pretty confident about this one. Uh, I think with homecoming, people will be excited, but there's always October. It could be rainy and annoying. Um, and uh, rainy games typically favor the, especially given our offense, favor the underdog playing us. Um, but yeah, I'll still probably, um, if I, so I said 80 for UCLA. Um, I'll probably go 80 for Colorado as well. Yeah, that's right in the ballpark. That's actually right where I'm going to be is at 80%. I, I happen to think Colorado is going to be quite bad. Like that's, like I, I, I'm, I am, you know, there, there's nothing about Mel Tucker that screams, you know, instant program changer to me. Um, and that was a, you know, a roster that was pretty, I, it wasn't the sort of thing where you looked at the roster last year and went, okay, if only they were better coached, they'd be in good shape, right? Like, right. I, I don't think McIntosh was a bad coach. Um, so that tells me that this is more than a, than a one-year project. Uh, Chenault really is great. He's also a returner, so I mean he's going to touch the ball right. um, a number of times. But um, with the again with the game being at home, as you talked about, um, I just I, you know and, and being the first home game since uh, you know the end of September, um, it should be well attended, right? And there won't be well, a, and homecoming. Yeah, it's homecoming. So there won't there won't be yeah. another home game until you know early November. <laughs> November sixteenth, um, right? Because we've got two two road games and a bye sandwiched on both sides of this game. So yeah. it should be well attended. Uh, crowd should be excited. Um, it should be should be a good one. So um, yeah, I, I'm in the 80 percent as well for this one um, because I just think that, like I said, I, I think Colorado is actually going to be quite bad. I think there's a good chance that they uh, could be worse than UCLA um, and, and be at the bottom of of the Pac-12 South this season. Maybe. Um, even worse than, than Arizona. Maybe Arizona's not as bad as, as they looked against Hawaii. But I, I think that, you know, UCLA, Arizona, Colorado, they're all going to be kind of fighting it out for the bottom of the South. So um, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. That Yeah, that's 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 what I feel really good about. Yeah. And now, um, kind of an interesting uh, schedule uh, thing. Uh, you know, tr- truthfully, truth be told, I've never noticed this before, and it might be how it usually goes, but uh, I don't think it is. But uh, all the rest of the games are against the Pac-12 North. Yeah. All, all the Pac-12 North games are on the back end yep. of the schedule. So first four games against the South and last five games against the North. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, kicks off with Oregon. Kicks off with Oregon uh, immediate, immediately after Colorado homecoming. We're going to Oregon. Uh, program that uh, WSU has beaten four years in a row and particularly last three years pretty handily. Um, I know the last two times they've won in Eugene, Oregon has not had their starting quarterback. Um, uh, Just going to assume that they do this year, although you never know, Herbert was hurt last time, but assuming they do, (coughs) um, I I think uh, Oregon will be slightly better than they were last year, but um who knows about that, but uh, um, they return quite a bit. And But uh, I, I think they'll be slightly better. Um, this will be a lot tougher than um, the game last year, especially given that it is in Eugene. 
uh, I am probably would, uh, again, like with Utah, lean towards the home field advantage for Oregon a bit. Um, so I'll go 45% for WSU on this one. We're getting some serious groupthink here going on on this one because yeah. that's actually the number I'm targeting too. Um, I, I tend to think that Oregon is better than Utah as I'm kind of thinking this, you know, thinking this through and, and thinking about how the, the different teams stack up that are supposed to take a step up. Um, Oregon, I think, has a better, you know, foundation of talent. Um, I, I, they have question marks like a lot of people do. I think they might be overrated just a little bit. Uh, mostly because people like, you know, they like the quarterback. But, you know, I mean, Herbert did some serious damage to us last year once they stopped asking him to throw the ball 50 yards downfield on every play. Um, He's mobile. He's big. He can make some ridiculous throws. Um, I think, you know, obviously question marks about their receivers. And so, you know, there might be some issues there. But, you know, they have supposedly NFL talent on their offensive line. Um, They're always going to have a stable of running backs. Um, I, I think what it really comes down to is, you know, can Cristobal coach? And I, I think the jury's still out on that one a little bit. Um, right. Now, he has poached, you know, approximately 85% of our coaching staff along the way in an effort to try and uh, make his coaching staff better. But uh, he's still the guy in charge, and I'm not convinced that that he – uh, that he really has what it takes to take Oregon to uh, to the next level that that they that everybody seems to be predicting for them this year, um, given that they were, I mean I don't know there were ten people or whatever that you know picked them to to win the North or whatever it was so you know lots of people predicting that lots of people predicting them to to win the Pac-12 championship so um, I, I'm not sure I'm on that train yet but I do think that uh, you know given that Oregon maybe is a little more talented. Then Utah and I gave Utah a little bit. I gave them the coin flip treatment, um, and I, and I think this is one also where, um, you know, Oregon is, you know, they're they're going to want to reclaim something after they, the way they got slapped around last year. So, I, I do think those kinds of things only go. Uh, I, I think those things really kind of only go so far. I don't I don't know that you know you can, you know, carry too much in that. I mean, look we. We, we want to kill Washington every year, and that obviously doesn't work out. But um, I, I do think that the, the crowd is going to be especially turned up for this. I, I think they're tired of losing to, to Washington State. And I think the players probably feel that too. I mean, they've got a roster full of guys who have never beaten us. So um, I think all of those things together, I'll, I'll go ahead and go 45% just like you. Great. And I'm 100% sure we are about to take a break. Second break. We're back. Woo! Woo. All right. All right. Four games to go, Craig. Man, yeah that that break that break got me ready. Yeah, I got for it. I got. I'm feeling all recharged and re-energized for this four game stretch to end the season. Well, we took a bye. They t- they're taking a bye right. um, after Oregon, and then one of those other house of horrors, uh, WSU heads to Berkeley, California, um, which just should not be. A tough place to play by by any logical um, uh, stretch of the imagination, but it would, but it, but, but it, it is, is for it's, us. It's, it is for some reason. Um, obviously, last time they went to uh, Cal, WSU was ranked number eight in the country, six and zero, oh, and after coming after visiting Oregon, so the schedule is playing out similarly in that regard. But obviously, we're deeper into the schedule this time. Um, 
and just got uh, absolutely whooped. Um, and uh, we, we saw the, the time before that, uh, WSU, lot, wait, let's see, 20, 2015, they played, that was uh, the uh, third and 36 game. Uh, and then 2017 was the 36 to three game. So a lot of threes and sixes mm. running through my head now. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. And, but, and but, by the way, don't forget that we totally would have lost last year if Cal had inexplicably changed their quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. For people who yeah, people again, who that, don't know, that's that's a jab at John Wilner, who is absolutely convinced that Wazoo was would have lost that game. Yeah. Even though we fumbled the ball at the one yard line through the end zone, they would have given us a nice little cushion. Yeah, so but other than that, that, you can't do that. What if you have to do? That's the, right. Uh, Only the what ifs that benefit the losers, and yeah. they did lose, by the way. Well, yeah. So yeah, that, that was obviously tough. Uh, Cal um, limited uh, Minshew in the air raid quite a bit last year, particularly in finishing drives. Um, they, they have a pretty good defense uh, with Justin Wilcox. Um, you always expect him to have a good defense, but the offense is a huge question. <laughs> um, just uh, ha- you, they obviously they, they kind of flipped what they were uh, under uh, Sonny Dykes, and now it's just the uh, um, uh, and, and mostly inept offense, but a very very good defense. And so you know it's a little scary, but on the road. You just think, God, there's just no way they can win at Berkeley, right? But they have. They have in, in the Mike Leach era um, in uh, 2013. Uh, that kind of 44-22 win. It was a little bit of fluky. And so all the fluky things that happened happened to the benefit of WSU that year. Uh, a couple cow fumbling you know, near the end zone a couple times. And um, so th- there is a chance that WSU doesn't, uh, get every bad break against them going in Cal, even though it always feels that way. Um, I think, I think WSU is the better team, um, uh, probably markedly better team, uh, but still it's in Cal. Um, so that kind of, it just, it brings me down to a toss up because it's at Cal 50, 50. Yeah, that makes sense. I can buy that line of reasoning. Uh, I still think that their offense is going to be quite bad. And I think that our offense is going to be quite good. And even though their defense might be, uh, you know, really the best defense uh, in the Pac-12, and we have typically struggled with really good defenses, uh, particularly Washington, right? I, I also think, though, that, you know, when we think back to last year's game, I mean, it was rainy and cold. Like, it was a late-night game, and, it, like, it was – If I, I think it might have even been a little windy also. Um, but I know it was rainy. And so it was just like the conditions were not ideal, you know, for us to do what we do. And, and I understand that's part of the deal. You know, I mean, that's I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying like, OK, so if we're talking about the way that Cal shut us down last year, um, well, you know, maybe, you know, playing a game in Berkeley, even in, you know, early November um, is 
you know, maybe not quite as big of a deal and we'll be able to uh, do what we do. I, I, I think that the strength of their defense is not the strength of Washington's defense, which is their corners and their safeties, which um, tend to close down the passing spaces. I think I think their strength is really their pass rush um, and their ability to stop the run. Very strong linebackers. Evan Weaver um, obviously is great. Uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that don't necessarily give us, you know, huge amounts of problems. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm going to go 60%, which, you know, might be, um, a little ambitious and a little exciting, but I also think that Cal on the whole is maybe not as good as people are, are projecting. I, I still think that they're going to struggle to be a bowl team. All right. Which they did last yep. year. So, um, yeah. So next up, uh, keeping with the Bay area schools this time coming back for dad's Weekend mm-hmm. probably one of the late one of the later dad's weekends WC was ever had. Dad's gonna have to get um, super drunk for that. Yeah, this is gonna be a cold one. It's gonna be um, we're playing Stanford on November sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so WSU again three years in a row has beaten Stanford. Should have beat them in twenty fifteen as well if uh, uh, if you know uh, they correctly called a Christian McCaffrey fumble. Yep. Or or Eric Powell just hits that sixth field goal, and then, but uh, but yeah, so um, WSU's really um, game plan. Stanford obviously came out, changed their whole philosophy to try to beat WSU last yeah. year. Still didn't work it's out. So wild, by the way. Like, uh, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think that development. I know we're going on a sidetrack here, but like that has not gotten never got enough attention. Like David Shaw basically came out and said. I dedicated myself for the last year to try and figure out how to beat Wazoo, and I still couldn't do it. Like it was so weird. And he was he was, he was like, like crying. Yeah, he's like crying. Yeah. Like, I was like, "Holy crap, man! This is crazy." Yeah, little old Wazoo. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, but yeah, so Stanford, um, they uh, they're they're getting it's 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 interesting just watching kind of the uh, the national. Uh, I think Stanford is kind of. Um, a lot of how people believing uh, that they will be solid is just the history of the program under David Shaw, which is definitely like it's hard to believe that Stanford would be anything less than like an eight win team yep. um, under David Shaw. Um, uh, and I, I think, you know, I, I believe that I buy into that for sure. Um, I, I, you know, that I could see them being a fringe top 25 team, which is where they're at right now. And, and, uh, um, but again, like uh, the the this will be a, I, I think it'll be a tough game, and I, I think it'll be a close game, um, especially given the weather, um, the coldness. It was it's funny. I just watched the twenty seventeen game, uh, which was on uh, like November eighth, uh, November fourth, a couple years, looking at November fourth. Yep. Yeah, I I remember I couldn't go to that game because uh, it was uh, two weeks from B's due date, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, but that was tough weather snowed a little bit during the game and, uh, you, WSU definitely was limited a bit and what they could do and, and, but it kind of grinded out a win with some good defense and, and a timely offense at the end. And, but, uh, I, I could see this game going similarly to that. Um, but I do lean towards WSU being a better team. Uh, Mike Leach kind of having Stanford, David Shaw's number a bit, uh, given that, uh, they kind of threw everything at him last year and it still didn't work. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go, um, 
but I still think it's going to be close, so I can't lean too heavy one way. So I'll probably go 60% WSU on this one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, sometimes there's just bad matchups for teams. Um, and I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that we're just kind of a little bit of a bad matchup for Stanford. Um, you know, a big part of why Stanford hasn't been as good in the last few years is what they were in Shaw's first handful of years. The defense really hasn't been uh, as strong right. as it was. Um, the offense has been, you know, what it is. But when it comes to their offense versus our defense, um, you know, we do give them problems because they've got sort of these big hulking linemen and, you know, we get in there with these, you know, smaller, quicker guys and penetrate and, and really disrupt things, um, cause them all kinds of problems. I mean, last year, Bryce Love did, you know, really not much of anything, uh, you know, in last year's game, most of the points they scored came through the air. Uh, so they, you know, are they going to be able to do that again? I mean, I know people, a lot of people are very high on KJ Costello. I am less convinced only because um, I didn't see a guy commanding an offense last year, the way that I might expect. Um, I saw a guy throwing to some very physically gifted receivers and not always in a way. And now look, that's again, not a super big knock. And like, I don't knock the guy for doing that. Uh, but I do question how effective he can be without, uh, you know, six foot five receivers that he can throw jump balls to all the time. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm in the same ballpark as you. Um, I'm going to go 60% uh, just because, again, I, the last couple games have been tight. They've been tough. Um, but I do think, you know, November in Pullman with, uh, you know, with, um, you know, being home for the first time, dad's weekend, uh, first home game since, you know, in about a month. Uh, yeah, it should so be a pretty packed crowd be, because it's dad's weekend. should be a pretty well-lubricated crowd. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with 60%. Great. And now we have a game that probably will not be packed. Probably not. Uh, this will probably be <laughs> one of a very, I, I, I'm assuming a very low attended yeah. Pac-12 game. One I wish the, it one would of the lower be. I wish pack. it would be. But. You know, senior typi- weekend. But, but, you know, typically this happens uh, with uh, when there's two November games that are, and one of them is not a, when there's, and one of them is not the Apple Cup. Like it's, it, you, well, even last year, I think they had three November games that Arizona whooping had pretty low attendance. Um, that, uh, so I, you know, this, this is going to be kind of a ho-hum atmosphere um, against Oregon State, I think. Um, it's also the start of, uh, Thanksgiving break, so you see a lot of students might already be on the road by the time this comes around. Um, hopefully they do us a solid and have it be an earlier game, not a 7.30 game. Um, but this screams 7.30 yes, start all over it. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Pac-12 7 o'clock start. It, it, I'd be interested to go back and look at how often uh, Oregon State WSU has been a 7 p.m. or later start. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it's Probably pretty, pretty frequent. frequent. Um, and on Pac-12 Network, yes. uh, I, yeah, but uh, but yeah. So, uh, but still, Oregon State is awful, um, and this is at home, and WSU has uh, handled them pretty well. the The weather will be in Oregon State's favor, I think. Um, but there might even be snow. You know, it's November twenty third. True. Uh, uh, but I, I just uh, I think WSU is just uh, a much much better team. Um, 
So I'm going to go 90% WSU on this Okay. One. Yeah, that's that's pretty close to where I'm at. I'm going to go just a hair lower. I'm going to go 85%. Uh, just for all the factors that you mentioned, the fact that it is uh, that dreaded home game before uh, Thanksgiving break, which I wish to God they would stop scheduling for us. It's so obnoxious because every year, you know, it's like, well, the students, see you later, you know, because they can't wait one extra day to go home and see mommy and daddy. They get the whole damn week off and they can't hang out for a day, but whatever. Old man shaking his fist at the clouds. As an aside, would you rather have the schedule, and and this would obviously be tough for everyone's schedule in Pac-12, but just say theoretically in a vacuum, would you rather have the schedule all three of those previous games moved up a week taking out the buy and then having the buy right here instead, which, which has happened before we've had double yeah, buy before with, Washington with before. this schedule. No, if, yeah. if it's, if you're telling me it's either, or if you're telling me I can either have the buy where it is splitting up Oregon and Cal, which I really, really, really like, um, or I can have Oregon and Cal back to back. No buy. So have a run of ASU, Colorado at ASU, Colorado at Oregon at Cal and then Stanford and then have a buy, or or sir OSU, and then have the buy. I I definitely would rather have the buy where it is. So great, but uh, I agree. Oregon State's uh, bad, but... and whatever. I mean, obviously there can be weirdness here. Um, I I but I don't see a path to where Oregon State is actually any good or or respectable or or anything like that. Um, their talent level dipped very very low. Um, with uh, sort of all the coaching upheaval that they had the last handful of years. So um, I, I, I think I, I kind of feel like 85% might even be a little bit low, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to be a little nicer, I guess. I don't know. So I, I will say, I am, I know that this might be lowly attended, but I'm pretty excited the next day is Amanda's birthday. We're gonna, I'm gonna take her to this game, and we're gonna leave B at the grandparents' house. So it's just gonna be, just gonna be us nice. in Pullman. Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the Coog stays open. Well, <laughs> so, maybe, maybe know. we'll have to figure out a way to get over there. Yeah, so so it should should be without fun. children. Um, but but yeah, and we should be celebrating a win, ninety percent. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, I think it'll be a, it'll be a fun weekend. Y'all should go. Everyone should everyone go. Everyone should cares? go. Who cares? Who cares? Students should stay. Everyone should go. Students stay. Everyone. Right. Let's have a, we, we've won 39 games the last four years. Go to the fucking right. games. But anyway, so, um, but yeah, so. There's only one game uh, left, Craig. Uh, uh yeah. I, I, I know. Look, okay. It's obviously the <laughs> Apple Cup. Obviously. <laughs> Friday Apple Cup at, at UW. Uh, I went in 2015. I, I, I swear I'd never go again. I plan on keeping that promise uh, or to, to UW. Um, I'm even I'm even waffling whether I even want to go to an Apple Cup in Pullman again. Um, but yeah, uh, oh man, I just I know like if you're just to if you're to be more kind of logical about it, you'd give you know, WSU at least like a 10, 15% chance. Just give it, just even given um, the, the level of the teams, probably a 25 would make right. more sense. Right. I mean, sense, if we're but... talking just pure talent level, you know, you're looking but at what, gotta... 20 to 30% at least, right? Yeah. But I got, I got to go zero. Zero percent <laughs> chance. 
There's just no way. There's just no way. way. I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm broken. I'm broken, man. I just, I can't, I can't believe. I feel like last year was like, uh, it was like, uh, there was like divine intervention to ensure that he doesn't win an apple cup. Like, so I just, uh, yeah. So I'm just going zero, man. It's probably going to screw up my ending total a bit, but I got to go zero (laughs) on this one. Yeah. I mean, I'll go 1%. (laughs) I'll I'll give him a one in a hundred chance. Slow down, man. Jeez. I'll give him a one in a hundred chance to win the game. You know, because uh you know, crazy shit happens, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean even even we could win an apple cup. That's that's how crazy things could get. So Yeah, I mean <laughs> you know, we've beaten this to death. I mean, just for whatever reason, you know, and I mean, I wrote about this after last year's Apple cup, you know, and and it's basically what I talked about with Stanford. Like sometimes matchups are what they are. Um, You know, we like to throw the ball like 60 times a game and UW happens to have, you know, NFL level talent at every defensive back position. The holes to throw into are very tiny and you know whatever in their offensive line is uh they're not huge they're sort of medium large if that's a good way to put it um and but they're very strong and they're very agile and they tend to make uh just sort of make mincemeat out of our defensive line so you know matchups are bad whatever obviously things could be weird uh maybe jacob eason is terrible and maybe because we haven't laughed yet at the fact that their backup quarterback transferred um, you know, so maybe there's a situation where Jacob Eason is terrible and maybe all these new defensive backs they've gotten, all the new players on defensive got are actually not as good as the guys they've had before. You know, maybe Jimmy Lake didn't just recruit, you know, more NFL players to put back there. And, you know, maybe we have a one in a hundred chance to do it. So that's where I'm going. One percent. So you ready for the, this, the, the, the journey from that zero yeah, to one seems so long. It does long. seem really, really long. It's like, that's, uh, it seems like, you know, the difference between the difference between 0% and 1% seems bigger than the difference between like 1% and 50%. It absolutely does. Like once you've convinced (laughs) yourself that you can win, I mean, anything's possible, right? (laughs) You want the totals? Let's do it. So, uh, starting with your totals, you have projected 7.45 wins. So if we are going with strict rounding, you've predicted seven wins, but you've predicted something like uh, seven and eight wins being the most likely result somewhere in there. Um, So how are you feeling about your 7.45 victories? I I do. The schedule is tough this year with all the road games. There's no doubt. Um, It's, uh, it's, this is probably about as tough of a, a Pac-12 road schedule as WSU's seen in a long time. I, um, I, I would, I, I've, I, I do think like eight and four is the most likely scenario. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, so I'm probably a little below what I put. Like, you know, if it was point one, if I would have given, you know, a ten percent chance, if I would, you know, probably what scared me off is like some of the history with, um, you know, it's it's funny when you think about the how your mind works. I probably took more percentage off for some of the history with like UW and, and history with ASU and Cal than than I than I gave benefit for Oregon and and uh, 
and Stanford right. and whoever else, you know, in Colorado or who else, you know, Utah. Like, so I didn't give much of a benefit for the history there, but I gave, but I, I, I just, I did, I, you know, minus a bunch more percentage for, uh, you know, at Cal, at Tempe, at UW. So, you know, it's, so it makes sense to me that I end up lower than maybe what my general gut feeling is. Like when I, when I think about it more generally and less on a per game basis. Yeah. So, yeah, I think eight and four is probably a, a, a more likely scenario. Now, when we do our Kook Center preview pick and, and I end up at nine and three, don't freak out on me. It's very different. <laughs> it's very different when you're picking is That's the team right. going to win That's right. versus the percentage. It is, it is actually what, really yeah. different. Um, and I think that's where, you know, that can kind of cut both ways too, because, you know, we always, people always look at like the Ken Palm predictions for the basketball right. team, right? Where it's like, well, everybody knows our basketball team is horrible. And then the, you know, the, uh, predictions will come out where they'll do he'll do this with the percentages right the the probability that you're going to win each game and then people go well how on earth can any predictive thing worth its salt predict us for you know four pack 12 wins or something right and we're not even going to win a game this year and it's like eh, you know i mean that's kind of how it goes but it it does also tend to go the other direction where um what you know the low end maybe tends to be a little bit higher the high end maybe tends to be a little bit lower and then as the season moves along and you start getting absolute results in one direction or the other, you know, then you can start kind of maybe getting a better sense of what what the total is going to be. Um, if you are curious, you did predict with your percentages, you predicted five home wins and two and a half road losses or road wins. Sorry, two and a half road wins. So that's kind of yep. how it broke down for you. You definitely you feel good about five strong home victories and then you know, perhaps a losing or middling record on the road. Yeah, that's, uh, I just, just given the difficulty of the road schedule, you're going at, I mean, at Houston, that's about as tough of a, you know, a B game as you're going to get. And, and then at, at Utah, at Oregon, at Arizona state, at Cal, right. at Washington. Yep. Like that's, that's, that's tough, yep. man. That's, that's, that's just you know you're playing um you're playing two of the conference's best teams on the road um and probably Maybe three, three actually all three three of, three of probably, <laughs> probably yeah the probably three the top best teams. three best teams in the conference yep. on the road um out you know uh and then you get you get an, another top half team at home when the weather's going to be shitty yep. you get you know um, so it's, uh, you, basically uh, the, I could see this being one of those seasons where we front load some wins and then kind of, you know, grind out towards the end of the yeah. year. Yeah, I think that's fair. So mine added up to, uh, 7.79. So 7.8, uh, just a shade under eight, which I, you know, again, I, I'm kind of in the same spot as you, which is eight feels about right. Um, if I'm, if I'm just predicting the number, you know, eight feels like it's probably about right. Uh, the difference between mine and yours came from me maybe being a little bit higher on some of the road games. Um, I had them down for 2.8 road wins, so I feel closer to three than to two. Um, I think what's really going to tell the tale is, you know, can they get one of Utah or Oregon or Washington? I think that's that's right. kind of the, the big thing. Like, if they don't get any of those then I think, yeah, you're looking at like a seven or eight win season. 
Um, if they can get one of those, then you're looking at maybe eight or nine wins. And then you feel, you know, like we're, you know, like, like you're being pretty successful. So, um, you know, the other road games just don't. And, and again, I think the difference here is, is what this is. The other road games just don't scare me much. Houston doesn't scare me much. Uh, Cal doesn't scare me as much as maybe it should, but I still feel, you know, pretty decent that, that this, this may be a year where Cal actually kind of takes that, uh, that year three dip under Wilcox, uh, kind of like we did with Leach where it's like, you know, you, you make that immediate turnaround. And then as you're transitioning that, that third year can sometimes be a little bit difficult. So, um, and then Arizona state again, feel like we're the better team. So feel pretty good about all three of those games. Um, if you can get two or maybe all three of those and then get one of the, uh, you know, the other games, then, then you're definitely on target, I think for eight wins. So yeah, I mean, eight wins. Are are you feeling? How how do you feel if if it plays out with eight wins? Um, yeah, if if eight wins is you, I think I feel like the the program is still solid, still headed in the right direction. Just given uh, the schedule is more difficult this year than it yeah. was last year, and 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 uh, eight wins. If you're coming out of this with eight wins, which means you probably got Utah or got Oregon on the road, um, that's that's pretty that's you you feel like you know you're still because eight wins means you probably are at five and four in conference ish Mm -hmm. um so you're still probably in the top half of the conference which is where wsu has been in the last four years um uh you're probably you're probably at like foster farms bowl or whatever it's called red box bowl or something at this point if you're yeah something like you're five and four yep so you probably like look. I, I mean, it's it's you just logically you're you're assuming that you know this year is going to be a little bit of a down from last year. Um, yeah, it's hard to imagine. I mean, if, a if, hard 10, to imagine eleven wins, wins again, again in the regular. Yeah, season. Yeah, ten wins in regular season. Yeah, that's it's um, it's hard to imagine that, but it's also um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Given like if you look at our probabilities, like. I don't think either of us put other than for UW dub put less than 40% on any of yep. them, which means they, I mean, we're, we're confident that WSU has a shot to a pretty good shot to win every yeah. single game. And most of the games we kind of believe that they have, you know, a better than average shot to win. And that's so. where we've, you know, that's where the programs come. I mean, that's where we're at. You know, we're, we are a program now where, um, you know, apparently other than the, the great purple devil on, uh, in Seattle. Uh, other than that, you know, we, we have a good shot against anybody, um, at least a good shot against anybody. So, um, that, that's sort of a mark of, of to, you know, to what level we've arrived. And that is that, you know, that feels good. I think seven wins would be, would feel like a pretty extreme disappointment. Um, eight yeah. wins, I think feels good. Nine wins, I think feels real good. Yeah, nine, nine wins would be like, yeah, that's a good. really, that's a, I mean, look, I, I don't care what, you know, whatever we won 10 games last year before the bowl game. Um, you know, I, I, I would never, I'm not sure I would ever get to a point where I'd be disappointed with nine wins. And I don't think I would ever get to a point where I would feel like eight wins is a disappointment. Um, obviously, like you said earlier, it depends on how things play out. Depends on how you right. get there. Obviously that's part of it, but, um, you know, I'm just not sure our program could ever get to a level where I'm expecting, you know, nine, 10 wins every year, or 11 wins, whatever it ends up being. I just don't know that I would ever feel like I expected that, that, um, 
you know, that, that that's, that's a thing that is going to happen regularly enough or that we would have a season where we, where we feel like, yeah, we're going to be a top 10 type team. It can happen. I mean, obviously Mike Leach had one of those teams and they went to the Rose bowl. So, you know, that, but that's happened one time in our entire program history where someone went, that team is a top 10 team. They're going to be awesome. And then they were, um, a lot of things got to come together. And frankly, I'm not sure that Mike Leach would be around long enough for that to happen, but maybe who knows this season, eight or nine wins. I feel great. Really? Yep. Absolutely. man. Yeah. All right. Well, that took longer than I thought. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently uh, we're, we're excited about football. So to talk about football, um, we're having a lot more football in the next, you know, four months. So, uh, please hit subscribe. Um, give us uh, uh, give us a like on or like or subscribe wherever you're at, and then uh, uh, give us five star rating um, so that other people can find us. Please, um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Craig Powers. You can follow the podcast, aka Jeff, on Twitter at Pod versus Everyone. If you have any questions or comments, um, feel free to email us at podcast versus everyone at gmail.com i'd love questions you know uh, maybe after the season we do a mailbag and stuff because nobody's ever um, done but, that uh, before. or or or, or bi-week <laughs> mailbag we could do that'd a bi-week be a good idea. i like that idea. Yeah. yeah yeah so, so start so, thinking of your bi-week uh, questions now but i'm stoked it's it's friggin friggin fucking football <sighs> season and and I'm, I'm we're gonna be you and i will both be in yes, on will. saturday watching cougar football yes, drinking will. beer at the tailgate yep maybe eating cougar country maybe. i don't know uh maybe if they're open maybe. uh but if if not um either way it will be a great weekend and uh um, hope to see lots of you there and um please again subscribe we'll have lots more to come for the rest of the yeah. season and go we're gonna Cougs. talk to you on friday friday go kooks go kooks <laughs>